Welcome back to another episode of the Become a Calm Mama podcast. I am Darlene, and today I am going to talk about this topic of post-pandemic parenting, when your kid is not okay. First, I just want to say about thinking about this as post-pandemic, I am not a scientist, and I don't have all the facts about whether we're in a pandemic anymore or an endemic anymore. But here is what I know about parents and parenting right now. And that is that your kid is out and about in the world. Quarantine is over. Kids are back into school full time. If you've chosen that, but it's available, they can have masks off if they want. We have in-person classes, in-person parent ed nights. I just had my first parent ed night in person for two years, just last week. You know, there's baseball's season right now and kids are playing basketball. Like kids are going to dance. Kids are going to art class. Like we are no longer in a quarantine type of situation. So I want to talk about the after effects of quarantine on kids and give you some strategies to cope with sort of the trends that I'm seeing and the worries and frustrations that parents are having. So first, I want to talk about how child development works in a typical non-pandemic environment. I want you to think about child development like a train on a track. So the track is your child's development and your child is the train. Your child moves towards a destination That's adulthood. Okay. That's what we're all trying to do is get our kids to launch to adulthood. So your child moves towards this adulthood destination, typically in a linear fashion. And the way it works is the train, your child, it stops at various train stations along the way and it adds new thoughts and new ideas and new activities. And it also at each train station lets off some that are no longer needed. And each child is on their own train on their own timetable. But there are typical developmental stops along the way and everyone gets to the end of the line, which is being a grown-up. Everyone gets there. How it looks, the journey to it, there's some typical things, but the speed, the timetable is different. So here's what happened to your child. In March of 2020, two years ago, essentially all the trains stopped and all the kids got out at whatever station they were nearest to. So they got out at kindergarten, they got out at three years old, they got out at eighth grade, they got out as ninth graders, whatever it was. But their development didn't actually stop. They were still growing and changing and becoming whoever they were going to become, but their development continued in isolation. So they weren't really developing in community with others. They weren't seeing other people on the train station. They weren't getting back on the train and moving to the next station, like the next grade or the next level in baseball or the next Spanish class. They weren't really getting a chance to practice what they were learning or demonstrate who they were becoming. They were growing, of course, they were developing, but they were developing in like their own little train station. Your kid was learning and growing and they didn't have these typical outlets to express themselves. And there was like kind of a tension built within kids. It was like keeping someone pulled back, like a slingshot, like a ball in a slingshot, kind of like that tension before it gets released. And then when school and sports and in-person events started again, kids were sort of propelled forward, propelled at a speed that we weren't prepared for, but really they weren't prepared for. 
It's as if the kids got back on that developmental train, but they got onto like the speed train, like the bullet train or whatever. And they were propelled forward and they passed a bunch of stations along the way. The stations where they would normally kind of practice these new skills or these new thoughts or these new abilities. So they arrive at this new station along their developmental track. They're still on direction to get to adulthood but they may not be socially or emotionally ready for the new station they arrive at, be that the grade or the age or the sports level or wherever they are supposed to be based on chronology or, you know, typical skill. So that catching up, that creates a lot of stress. It's a lot for kids to be put in a position where they don't quite feel ready or prepared. So what does that look like? It can look like two different things. So with some kids, it looks like really out of bounds behavior. looks like schoolwork not being done, more tension with parents. They ignore the consequences. They don't really seem to connect the dots between their behavior and effect. Because honestly, for two years, that didn't really happen. These kids who are out of bounds, like they take more risks They have more risk-taking behavior. There's a lot of sleep disruptions, a perfectionism. Sometimes there's a lot of overeating or really intense focus on their social group at the expense of their academics. So this out-of-bounds behavior, you might be seeing this with your kid. As I talk about like, huh, yeah, they're like not really connected to school. They're not really connected to cause and effect and consequences. Yeah, they are sort of out of bounds. In other cases, we're seeing kids who almost went the opposite direction instead of out of bounds, like inner bounds. That looks like more of a shutting down. They're not engaged in school or activities. They're sleeping a lot. They're not wanting to be social. They don't have a lot of physical energy. They don't want physical activity. They kind of look like maybe they're feeling a little bit hopeless. They have frequent illnesses or they're physically complaining about their body. So When our kids start showing up this way, as a parent, you're like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do here? And your mind might take you on like a really worst case scenario journey of my kids aren't okay. They're getting behind. This is a disaster. They're never going to catch up. Something's wrong with them. They aren't normal. What's wrong with them? What should I do? Do they need therapy? Do they need medication? Like, do they need more? Like, you're just kind of in this energy of fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. And you're feeling worried. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling terror for some of you, panic. When we're feeling that way, what I'm seeing is that parents are doing this get them out there strategy. So they're like pushing their kids to do all the things. They're overscheduling them. They're like, they need more opportunity to practice. They're antisocial. So I need to put them in more social environments. They're behind. So we need more tutoring. We need a private coach. We're just like hyper parenting. So enrolling your kids in lots of programs, planning a bunch of play dates, saying yes to all the birthday parties, you know, making them go to the kids club at the gym or when you're on vacation. Because your brain is like, there is a problem and we need to fix it with all of these actions. So this actually puts a lot of pressure on your kids to perform before they're ready because they don't want to disappoint you They're going to like maybe try, but they don't have the skills to do what you want. They have not practiced these social and emotional skills enough 
to really be at sort of grade level or age level. And so what ends up happening is that your kid, they start shutting down. They start feeling anxious. They start feeling overwhelmed. So you're trying to solve this social and emotional problem by putting them in more social and emotional environments, but actually you're creating more social and emotional issues. The funny thing, if you think about what I was talking about, how the parent is feeling, they're feeling worried, anxious, and overwhelmed. The result is that the kid feels anxious and overwhelmed and shuts down. So the feelings we have are usually the feelings our kids have too. So just take note of that. What do your kids actually need from you? I'm going to give you two strategies. The first one, I often say this. I say, we have to parent the kid in front of us, not the one we're afraid they will become or the one we wish they were. I really want you to think about that. Who's the actual child in front of you right now? What does that person need right now? Not the one that you're trying to hyper solve because you're afraid that they're going to become something. And so you're over parenting or over intense or not the one you wish they were, not the one you're trying to parent like your friend's kid who's like super social and doesn't seem to be phased by the pandemic at all and is just out there. We actually don't know what's going on in that little person. That parent has to parent the kid in front of them. But if you're trying to parent to create the kid you wish you had, you're going to get into trouble. Your kid is going to feel, I'm not good enough. My mom doesn't like me. I'm not measuring up. Something's wrong with me. I'm behind. All the kids are doing it but me. I'm not as good as them. You're going to create that self-concept that you're afraid they're going to have. You're going to create it because that's what you currently have. That's the self-concept you have of them. So parent the kid in front of you. Of course, I want you to give them access and opportunity to things that will help them develop the skills, but don't overdo it. Don't try to come at it from a place of scarcity, of lack, of insecurity. Look at your child and think about like, okay, a year from now when they have caught up or they're like socially, emotionally where they, not where they should be, just like whoever they become in the next year, like imagine that they're managing themselves really successfully. So looking at them and picturing them in the social, emotional success that's available to them. And then look and say like, okay, what can I offer to them to help them become that person, to grow towards that. Is that joining Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or Scouts? Yeah, okay, do it. If that's saying yes to some new play dates, great. But go slowly. Look at them and think about as if they were two years younger than they are now, what would you be doing? How would you plan for that age? So if you have a seven-year-old, what would you be planning for a five-year-old right now? If you have a 15-year-old, what would you be thinking was appropriate for a 13-year-old right now? Now, of course, there's going to be some yin and yang, some tension between these two because developmentally they are that age. They just don't have the skill set to practice being that age. So yeah, there's a little bit of a wonky tension there. But I want you just to think, if I really believed my kid was okay or that they were going to be okay, how would I solve this now? What would I do now? What would feel right? So I want you to give them small doses of social and emotional challenges and allow them to practice and have some success, like build up that success. Let them grow in their self-concept. I want your kids to walk around thinking, I can handle this. People like me. I know what to say. This isn't that hard. Being in groups is fun. I'm a good baseball player. I'm a good dancer. I'm good at math. My mom is really proud of me. I'm really proud of me. 
I can do hard things. Those feelings that they're going to be feeling if they're thinking that way is confidence and capable. And when they're feeling confident and capable, they're going to show up differently. They're going to show more of who they are, more of their strength. One thing I love to do is have parents write what I call a delight list. And it's really where you sit down and you write down all the things that you think are great about your kids. I say shoot for 30, which is very hard to do, actually. Some people get to five things that they like about their kid, that their kid is good at, or that they enjoy. And then they really have to push hard. See what you do. I don't know. Come up with your own list. When you are looking at this list, what it helps you do is get into some positive energy like, oh, my kid is fine. My kid's going to be great. This is not a problem. I'm not worried about them. They're amazing. I want you to get into that energy and then solve from that. Solve, I'm saying, as if there's a problem, but like schedule, make plans, say yes, do the things that you want to do as a family from the, my kid is just fine. And then looking at like, okay, what do I need to do here? I'll tell you from my own life right now, I'm doing this work and I'm looking at my kid and I'm like, huh, okay, there might be some gaps here based on not having enough opportunity to practice academic skills or social skills. Or I did not have full-blown teenagers at the beginning of the pandemic and now I do. So we're playing a little bit of catch up as a family of like, what is curfews and all of that? But if I'm solving for these new tricky parenting moments from an energy of fear, scarcity, overwhelm, then I'm going to parent in a way that is too intense and not respectful of the child right in front of me. So the second strategy I want to give to you, the first one was parent the kid in front of you. The second one is connection. Okay, so what your kid really needs right now is to feel seen, felt, and understood. So this is what I think of as connection. The more your child understands what's going on inside of them, what their thoughts are, what that circumstance is, the more you're able to very, without a lot of fear, anxiety, criticism, any of those emotions, if the more calm you can be when you do connection, the more clear it will be for your child of like, oh, that's why I'm acting this way. So let me explain how to do this. So I want you to look at their behavior. Maybe they're being really shy. Maybe they're taking risky behavior. Maybe they're not listening to the teacher. Maybe they're refusing to go to soccer practice or baseball practice or whatever the season is. Maybe they're saying, I want to quit basketball or they hate dance now. Whatever's going on, they don't want to go to scouts. They hate it. They hate it. Okay. So I want you to look at that behavior and I want you to start thinking, what feeling might be triggering this behavior. Naming your child's emotion, if you say it in your own mind even, it's perfect. You don't always have to communicate it to your child, but if you are able to say your guess aloud, if the moment seems right, your child is going to feel really seen and understood. Like, hey, I hear you saying you want to quit basketball. I wonder if you're feeling really overwhelmed. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell me more. What's overwhelming about it? What else could you do in that circumstance? What would you like to do? What would make it easier for you? How can you still play basketball? I know you love it. And also, 
make it work for you? Do you need to go earlier? Do you need to go for less time? Do you need mom to stay for a little bit? Are your clothes uncomfortable? You're going to get into this problem solving when you are really open to the emotion and not making their behavior mean that something's wrong with them. I hope this is helpful. Keep thinking about what's going on in your own life right now with your kids. What are they refusing to do or what are they not doing? What behavior is so upsetting to you right now? What are you worried about? Now look at what emotion might be driving that, thinking about how to name that. And then I love offering a supportive and affirming statement saying something like, yeah, your feelings make sense. It would make sense to feel overwhelmed at basketball, especially because you haven't been going for two years. Or yeah, it makes sense that you wouldn't feel confident taking Spanish three because Spanish two, you failed Spanish two, (laughs) right? So if I were feeling that way, I might want to do the same thing and then problem solve. You might right now be wondering like, oh, I don't know, darling. Like, is my child okay or are they not? Like, is this typical or is it not? You might really feel unclear. The first thing I would say is to drop into your own mom intuition and sort of go like, okay, if I felt really, really comfortable and confident that my kid was like eventually going to move through this and grow this skill set or become the person they're meant to be? What kind of support do they need right now? And from that energy, you might realize, oh, they actually don't need any support. Or you might say, I think I might need to make a doctor's appointment. Or, oh, I think I might need to have them evaluated for anxiety or something like that. When you're trying to figure out, is this typical or is this cause for concern? First, I just want to tell you a lot of the behaviors that people are seeing kind of that withdrawal behavior or that out-of-bound behavior is very typical right now. It's like a rebound from the pandemic. So I do want to alleviate your fears while also honoring your own intuition as a parent. So the other thing you can do is you can schedule a consult with me. I have my group program. You can join that right now and sign up for Calm Mama School and we can like get right to it. But if you're not even sure if Calm Mama School is the right fit or like, do you need to go to therapy or your kid to go to therapy or, you know, do you need a referral to get them evaluated? Like, I'll help you figure that out. You can book a free consultation call with me directly on my website at calmamacoaching.com. And right there under the work with me tab, there's a spot where you can click right in there and you'll see my schedule and you book on there and then we can talk and I'll help you figure this out. So that's what I'm here for. Obviously, in Calm Mama School, my clients who are my program, they get access to me all the time. They like post in the Facebook group or connect with me via the email portal or come on a coaching call. And they immediately are like, oh my God, okay, here's the behavior. And then we work it all out and we strategize and we do the mindset work and all of it right there in Calm Mama School. So that's always available to you. But if you're not sure, you can also book that call with me. Here's what I want to leave you with. I want to leave you with that. Yes, there is fallout from the pandemic. Our kids, they are struggling. It isn't easy to be a kid right now, especially schools kind of just push you forward. It's like that train, (laughs) that track the school is, is like second grade to third grade to fourth grade to fifth grade. They just pass you along. There's not really a great system for like pausing the train. 
the whole system. Even when the pandemic happened, schools did not pause. They're like, oh, let's pivot to Zoom and keep it going, right? It's not a criticism. Nobody knew what to do. And it's just an observation that, yeah, our kids are going to school and they're in that grade, but emotionally and socially, they're not quite there yet. I deeply believe that this generation of kids who went to Zoom school, they're going to figure it out. They're going to reach their destination of adulthood. And I also know that they do need extra support right now. They need us as the adults to narrate what's happening to them, to name the emotion and to problem solve with them. And we need to be doing that from the most positive parenting vision that we can have for our kids. So this week, I want you to hold space for the future child that your child is becoming, the adult they're becoming, and trust that they are going to become that person. Allow yourself to move through your negative emotion, through your fear, through your anxiety, and then reset back into that positive parenting intention. And then from there, decide, what is best for my kid right now? And make your decisions from there. All right. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. And I hope you have a great week. And don't forget, you can always book a consult call with me or join Calm Mama School. All right, guys, have a great week. Hey, Mama, if you've been listening to this podcast and thinking, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so ready to get out of this chaos and create more peace in myself and in my family, then I want to invite you to join Calm Mama School. It's my lifetime membership program where you learn how to stop yelling and feeling overwhelmed by parenting, teach your kids how to manage all of their big feelings, and set limits that actually work. It's lifetime access for getting everything you need to have the family you want and become the mom that you're meant to be. No matter how old your kids are or how chaotic your family is right now, I can help you create peace and joy in your home. To join, go to calmmamacoaching.com and get instant access to my online course and start coming to weekly coaching calls this week. I can't wait to help you transform your family. See you there.